You're listening to the Quince podcast. Given a chance, is there any person on planet Earth who would say no to changing something about their body? A tweak here, a little height, better eyesight maybe. In other words, if you were given carte blanche, if you could redesign your body, what would you change? The BBC's Can Science Make Me Perfect aims to look at just that as it follows show headliner anatomist Alice Roberts on a quest to rebuild her body, taking inspiration from the animal and natural worlds. Hi, I'm Devina Bakshi, the Quinn's assistant health editor, and today I'm in conversation with producer Garrett Cornick to look at just how far we can go on our quest for perfection. Hello, Devina. Hello, Garrett. So I wanted to begin by asking you about the show. It's about redesigning your body. Can you explain how you came up with the premise? So the concept kind of started with, I was thinking about, you know, the phrase, the perfect body. And, and usually when I hear people use that, they're talking about, you know, someone like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolly or Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. or whoever. And I thought, well, is that, I mean, that's nice to look at, but, but what is the perfect body for the modern world? You know, and I know I have many relatives and, and I have lots of friends have relatives, you know, who go for knee operations and hips and wear glasses and have hearing aids and have had heart problems. And I thought, what would the actual perfect body to cope with 21st century life actually look like? Um, and I got in uh, friendly with uh, a lady called Professor Alice Roberts, who's a brilliant anatomist and anthropologist. And she knows everything there is to know about humans and archaeology and evolution. And I kind of put it to her, I said, would you, do you fancy, you know, would you like to design it with me? Because you know everything. And she said, oh, my God, absolutely. She's, you know, had a real bugbear about certain parts of the body, body being quite badly designed and not fit for purpose. So we got in this together and um, I said, you know, to make it more fun, how about we take you and redesign you, mm. Professor Alice? So at the end of the show, you get to see yourself uh, in perfection or whatever it might be. We'll get to see, you know, an alternate version of you. I mean, she loved it and she was brilliant and she and, and she really was amazing sort of taking us on this journey through these different elements of the body and breaking down what is wrong, what can go wrong with your body and exactly mechanically why that happens and where those, in evolution, where do those mechanisms actually come from or why are they there, why are these funny bits there and why do things don't quite work? Um, and, and yeah, we had a lot of fun making it and it's just a really, I think in terms of a show, it's a very, very relatable thing because every element of the show as you go through bits of the body you know and I know from the audience in the UK you know loved it because uh, they were like oh my gosh I now I know why I have knees that hurt yeah. oh I understand mm-hmm. why the heart problems or why my eyes start to fail eventually as you get older um, and so it was a really enjoyable satisfying show to make it and of course the payoff which is when Alice saw herself was a brilliant moment because uh, she hadn't she'd done all the research and she suggested all the redesigns but she hadn't seen uh, the finished product, which was brilliant to reveal to her at the end of the show. How did she like the finished product? Was she happy with it? She, she, I think she was initially horrified <laughs> when she saw it. <coughs> then she strangely sort of fell in love with it. Um, I did, uh, she talked about taking it home, but her husband said no. He was very, very clear on that. Her husband said, I don't want that in my house. It's too freaky. But um, she, she loved it because she loved the science it was built on. And, and it was all the kind of thoughts she'd had over the years working in her professional life as, a, as an anatomist and uh, anthropologist. She, she, um, she was really kind of sort of fell in love with it. 
and and it's same with the audience as well. It was a, it was part measure of when the when the sort of veil came off. It was part measure of horror. It was part measure of hilarity and laughing. And it's sort of the middle bit of the audience are kind of like, oh, that's really rather interesting. So, and that's the kind of reaction you know I wish all my shows got. Yeah. So, so what were some of the things that um, made her perfect body or make a perfect body in general that you found out through the show, maybe? Yes. So what we decided to do was rather than um, kind of just make up a redesign off the top of our heads, we looked at the animal kingdom because evolution, um, which is quite convenient for our for, for our for our uh, project, evolution's tried to solve the same problem many, many times. So, for example, the, the human eye, if you were an engineer, it's quite badly wired. The wire that goes off the back of the retina, the back of the eye, should really go straight to the brain, but it doesn't. It comes out the back of the eye in mm -hmm. front of the retina. So you end up with actually have a blind spot, which anyone can sort of test by moving their fingers around in front of their face and closing an eye or two. Um, and then it goes back in, whereas the octopus doesn't do that. It does it the logical way. And also the octopus is slightly bigger and better at taking in light. So we thought, all oh, right, we'll have a bit of that. And we started to incorporate these ideas. So our model has kind of octopus eyes, an octopus sort of human mashup eye of the two, uh, which is far superior to, uh, which will, again, you know, the whole purpose being with this perfect body, your eyesight shouldn't let you down, you know, up until you're 80, 90, 100 years old. And the same, you know, with, with the knees, we looked at the knees and knees are a real problem for people especially in the western world um and there's a lot of hip replacements knee replacements and we looked at legs you know who's got the best legs and and actually it turned out to be uh the kind of ostrich form of, of leg uh which our, our models got which it may not be you know aesthetically beautiful but at the same time you know it's actually very very hardy and hard wearing it would last you a very very long time and you wouldn't need a knee replacement um other stuff like the heart as well which is uh, you know i've had relatives with heart issues um yeah. dogs don't get coronary arteries because the coronary arteries where you get a blockage in the blood that feeds the muscle of the heart rather than the blood going through the heart um we only basically have like um three uh arteries that actually feed the outside of the the heart so mm. you know as soon as they get blocked so part of that heart starts to die and you get a coronary heart attack dogs have loads so you know we went to a heart specialist and he kind of was like you know this is you never have a dog with a coronary heart attack. It doesn't happen. So yeah. things like that, they're, they're all these little ideas we stole off the animal kingdom. Uh, and it was a brilliant look into what evolution has done out there. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a look at the sort of um, evolution's flaws in a way, or, you know, where we can learn from the rest of the animal kingdom. Um, did you find any instances where uh, natural selection or evolution worked in the human body, something that you didn't have to change too much? Um, we, we left the arms alone because <laughs> we kind of agreed they were pretty well done. You don't normally get people having, you know, too many elbow replacements, do you, and stuff. And the fingers, the fingers were very, fingers are quintessentially sort of human. I know apes have them as well, but, you know, our opposable thumbs Opposed have thumbs. made the modern world. Everything we have is because of that, really, yeah. and language. Yeah. We, that's how we got all this stuff. So, um, yeah, we left the, those alone. But what, what the really sort of interesting, funny thing was, as we set out to make it, and I just thought, well, we'll call up some, you know, a heart specialist, you know, knee surgeon, you know, people have been working on these parts of the body. That's all they've ever concentrated the whole professional career on. You know, they'll have a list of hundreds of bugbears and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what's 
rubbish about the knee. Let's let me, you know, write all this down. And and actually, it was the opposite. We got to them. They were like, redesign it. So what do you want to redesign it for? It's brilliant. And and a lot of the people we spoke to, the, the, the kind of bottom line was, it, you know, yes, it has its faults, but say something like the knee. If you start to change something in the knee, say, for example, you try to get rid of the cartilage or you try to move some tendons to try and, you know, mitigate against uh, injuries that people get, you, you cause knock-on effects either around the knee or further onto the body, to the hip, to the back. So there's a... So, Although we kind of jokingly kind of say, you know, evolution has, you know, made some errors in that. It's, in, it's incredible how finely tuned in evolution terms these, these parts of the body are. Um, so it gave us a new appreciation for, uh, for how, how, what a good job evolution really has done. Um, but we, we did find a lot of experts in the end, who, who, probably the ones with a bit more of a sense of humour. They're very willing to go with us and, you know, very, really interesting people that kind of showed us, you know, uh, uh, things that um, could definitely be improved. Yeah, and it's also a really interesting experiment that I think a lot of us have on just um, reimagining the body, you know, sort of seeing how far you can take it. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about this quest for perfection that humans do have as well. Um, yep. And our, you know, sort of uh, desire to play, play with science really to achieve that. Uh, because this is sort of an experiment in that. So if you could speak to that a little bit. Well, I suppose, going back to the original thought, you know, I was playing the idea of what people say a perfect body. Yeah. So for me, the, the, that, that perfect body is, it's all about finding a mate, isn't it? It's all about yeah. looking aesthetically pleasing to find as many potential partners as possible. And then you can choose your ideal one. I guess that's the driver. So for me, that's that's quite um, that's only the first half of your life, really. If you're going to live, you know, in the modern world now, to 80 and 90 years old, that's down there in the first 30, really looking amazing and choosing your partners. So I kind of zoomed out from that and was kind of thinking more about, but what about living a full and active and healthy life? And you know, I know, for definitely in the UK, we've got a very aging population here, and you know, I've got a lot of relatives, elderly, and the real drive in life is people want to live. A, a fulfilled healthy active life they don't want to be sat in a chair for the last 15 years of their life you know sort of falling apart and that that so I thought that was the sort of zooming out there's an even bigger sort of quest for perfection is to get a machine a body machine that really works all the way through your life so you can have a great life yeah is there something to be said about you know constantly tampering with science and sort of uh it could be looked at as, you know, messing with uh, natural selection and messing with it. But then again, that is what, uh, you know, that's what evolution is. And that's why we have these scientific uh, achievements. So did you have any sort of pushback to the show or any criticism of this? Um, there was, no, there wasn't really any pushback in terms of that. I think what it does show is, what is, I guess, kind of scary is some of the stuff that we're, we're showing you, although it's very fantastical, you know, we, I don't think, you know, personally, I don't think we're only a few decades away from being able to achieve some of this through gene editing, you know? So I think that's that's the, that's the, the you know, with the advent of things like CRISPR, which, you know, allows gene editing at a very cheap scale and hundreds of thousands of scientists are able to get their hands on it now and, and do all kinds of experiments and hit and miss and maybe discover incredible things that will really change humanity. I think it goes back to what I was saying with the with the experts on the on the parts of the body. Once you start to get that power to edit things, mm. um, it's that unraveling. You know what we've got is you know according to a lot of experts I've met top of their field in the world. You know 
it's evolution's got this very balanced um, function in the body. Parts of the body are very well tuned and actually very well balanced, even though they do have their faults, you know, uh, over a lifetime. So to then go in and start editing and, and playing with those things could be a very, very dangerous job because you've not, you don't fully understand the knock-on effects of changing one bit here could result in disaster in another area. Right. That could be, you know, like with the final body that Alex came up with, do you think that that could work right now? I think you've sort of touched upon this, but, you know, in 2021, um, is that a functional, aesthetically pleasing body that we could um, expect to see? Would it well, work? I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the clip of the, the reveal of the body yet, but it's not it, to a normal human. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's slightly sort of freaky. There's a weird beauty to it. There's a sort of familiarness to it, <laughs> and then it's slightly disconcerting because some things aren't right. Um, but having said that, my argument would be if if I redesigned the whole human race to be like that, then the male of the species would find that attractive because that's what they look like. So they would inherently find that attractive. Um, so I guess you know that's my argument back on that. But yes, to a to a pre-designed human, it doesn't look attractive. Yeah. But to another perfect body uh, male, uh, it would look very attractive, I'm sure. Yeah, fair enough. I guess that would be how we'd be evolved then to then appreciate. Yep. I can't that. believe it said I want to redesign the whole human race. I sound a bit dodgy there, don't I? But you know, you know <laughs> what I mean. I know. <laughs> she she would live in a world with other creatures the same as her. So they yeah they would all be attractive. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, essentially, it would be then that would be something that is aesthetically pleasing and um, also functional and yeah. all of that. Um, one thing that um, the one thing that we, with the females in the audience was sort of shocking is is our, our body has a marsupial pouch, and mm. uh, because Professor Alice has, I think she has three kids. Well, she knows she knows about childbirth anyway. Let's say that I can't remember how many kids she's got, but um, she was like, right, I am, you know women modern women do not need to go through childbirth so i want it to work like a kangaroo where the where the embryo crawls into the pouch and grows at the front so she can carry on doing her job and not you know not go for the pain of childbirth so that was very sort of a lot of women a lot but it was quite funny a lot of the men were like what's that it's a little baby in a pouch a lot of the women in the audience are like oh that's a great idea brilliant oh yeah that is actually amazing because it's been so long and we still have to deal with something as basic as you know not uh, not having painless delivery yet um so that would be super helpful is there was there anything else that people really appreciated or really didn't like um the one thing people really appreciated was the the skin we based on uh, the chromatophores on an octopus so the, the octopus an octopus uh, certain species of octopus can control the color of their skin they use it for camouflage but we sort of adapted it to say, you know, skin cancer is quite a um, quite a big illness um, in the world. If you could go, if you could alter your skin color to, because essentially, like you know, the only difference between every human in their skin color is the amount of melanin in their skin, and it's mostly they're evolved to in different climates. You want to let more or less sunlight in to to not damage your skin and to help generate vitamin D in your blood. So. Um, we love the idea. People really like the idea that this this woman could travel anywhere in the globe, and her skin would adapt to the climate she's in, which is perfect. No more sun cream, and you know, or no more vitamin D deficiency. If you know someone with darker skin goes to a, a cold uh, country with less sunlight, they won't have vitamin D deficiency. So people really thought that was a cool idea, changing skin. 
yeah and that also uh, it deals with a lot of social issues as well you know you wouldn't have that much need for racism and things like that um if everyone no, would it, it hopefully eradicate racism eradicate altogether that, if we were all, yeah. everyone's all the same different colors all the time yeah you can't really sort of be horrible to people about it yeah and um just lastly i wanted to ask you what was the sort of uh, weirdest or most outlandish change you made to the human body it's got to be it's got to be the legs i mean if you look at it the legs are the thing that because it's you know it's i guess it's kind of half the length of the body um it's outlandish to look at but when you understand the science it, it makes total sense they are the best legs out there they're fast mm -hmm. they they work bipedally so you can walk on two legs um and they don't break down, you know, ostriches, you know, and emus and the like can run very quickly and don't have many problems with um, their legs throughout their, their lifespan. So it kind of makes sense, but it is freaky to look at. Yeah, it's a really interesting social experiment um, to just see with and then see people's reactions to it. And also know that, you know, there is this uh, scope for improvement. It's not like we're a finished product. So that's exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's always scope for improvements. You know, yeah. we say perfect in a slightly, you know, tongue in cheek way. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quince website and check out our other podcasts. 